We wanted to talk about EVs. We wanted to wonder why it is that we have such a push toward them now. Do we have the infrastructure? And where did the push for hybrids go? Joining us right now is Dr. Josipa Petrunik, who is the president and CEO of the Canadian Urban Transit Research and Innovation Consortium. If anybody's going to know about where we're headed in terms of transportation it and transit, it is going to be Dr. Petrunik. Dr. Petrunik, thank you so much for taking some time for us. No, thanks for having the time, and thanks for uh, inviting me. Well, let's jump into this. When we hear EVs here, there, and everywhere. Is there some underlying reason? I'm trying not to be wearing a, a tinfoil hat here, but what is this humongous push toward electric vehicles? Yeah, well, actually, there's two different pushes. One, most people will think, oh, it's the environment. And that's definitely like today's dialogue is it's all about saving emissions and reducing pollution. But if you go back 20 years, the reason actually wasn't the environment at all. It was really about economics and trying to reduce the size of our engines, get to hybrids, reduce our oil imports, all of that stuff. So the two things are motivating pretty much the push to electrification, trying to reduce our energy footprint and then trying to reduce pollution. Now, we know that in order to have everybody driving an electric vehicle or let's say more people driving electric vehicles, we need the infrastructure to support these electric vehicles, charging stations, uh, charging stations along roadways. Are these two things, the rise and, and the push to purchase and have electric vehicles, are, are they jiving okay? Well, you know, it's the learning and growing years. I guess we're all going through the growing pains. We're moving in the right direction. I mean, the first thing to say in Canada is we've really hit this milestone. As of last year, more than 10% of new sales were electric cars. And if you talk to those of us who were in the industry five, six, seven, ten years ago, you know, we were, we were waiting for the day we'd hit 1%. So the sales are going in the right direction, um, regardless of kind of the frothy news out there and reactions to carbon pricing. Canadians are buying cleaner cars more than they have in the past. Um, but they are facing the challenge that there's not enough places to charge those cars up when they leave their homes. So there are some growing pains ahead. Yeah, I remember talking to somebody saying, do you realize that if we had a whole bunch of electric vehicles at charging stations in an apartment building, if you plugged them into essentially the same station, they were they would they would share the charge almost, and they may not be charged in the morning. There's a lot of stuff that we don't necessarily yeah. hear about. That's for sure. And maybe, I mean, the first thing to say to folks is when you look at car charging right now, there's really like four places you need to have car chargers. And it seems like this big infinite problem, but it's it's actually pretty finite. Most people who have an electric car today and in the future will do actually most of their charging at their home. Now, that's if you own a home with a garage and an outlet. But the vast majority of us with electric cars now and in the future will mostly plug in overnight. And you can get away with like a low power charger. The problem comes when you don't have a home with an outlet or a garage and you're in an apartment building or condo, problem number one. And then problem number two is when you're out and about on the highway, commuting to work or taking your kids to soccer. And that's the issue that everybody's raised as, well, where should the charges go and who should pay for it all? And ultimately, if it's the private sector looking to sell cars in the future, you know, one of the areas that we have to look at that we really need to start pushing is for auto companies parking lot owners, mall owners, and workplaces to start installing their own chargers to offer cars with the service of charging. 
And that is a different world. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. Tesla kind of does that already. You buy a Tesla, you know that you can charge up pretty much anywhere in the country. You still pay for it, but you know you have easy go-to charging. So we got to get there with all the car companies. And that does mean that they're going to have to start partnering with the Shells and the Petro Canada's to offer you charging stations along the highways. And then in parking lots like malls, if you go and you take a look, there's lines and lines of Tesla chargers. And the reason for that is they tried to sell their cars with the charging service and it worked. So that's where Toyota and Honda and Ford and Chrysler, they all got to get to that stage where their charging networks are at the malls, at large parking lots, out on the highways, and then, of course, at workplaces. And at workplaces, that's really up to your employer. Uh, It really does need to be the employer saying, hey, employee, we really like you as a benefit. We're going to offer you a charging system. If it's a public sector employer, like you work for the government, you work for the hospital, well, that public sector employer should cover the cost of that charger as an employee benefit, for sure. But if it's private sector, it's definitely going to have to be that company that's offering that service to its employees, just as we offer health benefits and all kinds of other employee benefits in the future. So it's just going to look different from how we used to think about automotive um, usage or fueling in the past. Right. Dr. Josipa Petrunik joining us, president and CEO of the Canadian Urban Transit Research and Innovation Consortium. Uh, two more things, Dr. Petrunik, and one is you mentioned Tesla chargers and then like a Honda charger, a Toyota charger. Not all electric vehicles can just charge at a charging station, or, or can they? They can now. Um, so like okay. five, six, seven, eight years ago, there was this massive global debate about whose charging standard would take over whom. Uh, now, pretty much everybody charges using the same kind of charger, so they can mix and match. But what they have to do is they have to start partnering with the charger manufacturers and the people who own the parking lots and the highway stops where car owners want to stop to charge their cars. Right. And last thing, forever we heard hybrid, 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 mm-hmm. and everybody was being pushed into a hybrid. We don't hear much about hybrids anymore, and, and is there a reason for that, and is there a chance that eventually something better than an ev comes along and all of this investment that governments are making is just yeah well that was that was yesterday's news yeah actually there's no good scientific reason or technical reason why we have moved away from hybrids and in fact we haven't canadians are buying hybrids as part of our adoption hybrids are an excellent technology and i take the task anybody out there who says it's the worst of both worlds it's completely false uh, in reality, hybrids, hybrids have proven to be great for taxis. They're low efficient, like they're high efficiency, low consumption on energy. They're great for families. There's a lot of benefits to hybrids. If you can't afford an electric car, you've got the benefit of a smaller battery pack, optimized battery pack, and still the fuel savings. They're a great transition tool, and they still have been shown to work in large fleets. So I do think, to your point, like we've moved away from hybrids, but that's more hype than it is actually science and technology. Um, the hybrid market is still quite strong. Okay. And is there a chance you think something comes along and just knocks off EVs? Hey, look, this technology is better than EV technology? Uh, there's not going to be one great thing. I mean, moving people in hunks of steel is never going to be super efficient, no matter what you put into the DNA of that platform. But the reality is our future in 10, 15, 20 years is probably going to be a combination of hydrogen vehicles, which, by the way, are electrified vehicles. They just happen to have a hydrogen propulsion system on board. Electric vehicles that are both plug-in hybrid and full EV and hybrids, as you noted. And potentially, and and I'm a real advocate for this, renewable natural gas. Um, Natural gas is under leveraged, but renewable natural gas, which is basically using our poop and our waste to fuel our future propulsion it has a really great opportunity for reducing emissions overall. And that's probably a large part of what it's going to look like. 
But to be honest, really, the only way to reduce pollution fundamentally from transportation is to get people out of cars altogether and get this country some good rail and public transit. There we go. Those are big projects. Dr. Petrunik, thank you so much. This has been fascinating. I hope we can do it again. Thanks again. That is Dr. Josipa Petrunik, President and CEO of Canadian Urban Transit Research and Innovation Consortium.